And uh, today I have a presentation that I'd like to make, and I want to see if you think you'd make a good Easter message. All right? Oh, help me out. I think it's a pretty good idea. I think it's a pretty good idea. So let's just work together on this, all right? Amen. Psalm 13 and verse 3 says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Amen. I don't want to die. I hope you don't want to die. I don't want to sleep the sleep of death. What is the alternative? What does the scripture say? The alternative is enlightened eyes. Amen. Consider and hear me, O Lord. Enlighten my eyes. 2 Peter 1 and verse 18. Just, just bear with me. This voice came from heaven. Heard from, we heard from him in the holy mount. 2 Peter, okay? Peter was there when, when this happened. Mount of Transfiguration. It's another story. But here we have it in verse 19, a very important point I want to make. He said, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that you take heed. Now, this next part is the nugget, the gold nugget of this scripture. We want to take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Hallelujah. That's possible. That's possible. A light shineth in a dark place until the day dawn. One more verse before you're seated. Matthew 24, 27 says, For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west. Could I get everybody to read with me after that comma? So, everybody together, so shall also. All right. Let's get on track here. All right. There is a comma. That's, the, that's, that's important. So also will the coming of the Son of man be. What, what will the coming of the Son of Man be? East to west. East to west. Everybody say east. You realize you just said half of the word Easter. Right? Happy Sunday, which follows the first full moon after the vernal equinox. Doesn't that make you feel good? That's not what we're here for, is it? It's not just another item on the U.S. holiday calendar. It's not just a time to celebrate with eggs, bunnies, and candy. All that's fun. But I want to tell you, it's more than just a time to break out of winter and get excited about warm weather. There's so much more to it than that. Amen? First full moon after the vernal equinox. Happy Sunday. After that. No. I say happy Resurrection Sunday. Okay? I hope you're tracking with me. East to west, sunshine, the light coming, 
all those scriptures we just read. Lord, bless this time together. Help me to make this time spent make good sense. God, help me to preach a great message that makes a difference, not for me, but for your sake. And Lord, for the kingdom's sake and for those gathered here today to truly understand something, maybe something about Easter they never knew before. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. If you've never heard of Easter before, would you please remain standing? The rest of you who've heard of Easter before, you're welcome to take your seats. Most all of us have heard of Easter. Can I give you just a quick little preview to this message? Here's a little kernel of the core of this message. Here it is. Jesus' resurrection offers shame and darkness removal in real time in your life today. Easter is not a celebration for the first century. This is not a celebration that's just a, something that we third party distance ourselves from. I'd like to show you somehow today with the Lord's help how that we have in the scripture come to the panacea for our pandemic. We really have. <laughs> no other body can absorb humanity's virus of the deep sleep of death. No other body. It was at the cross, which we've sung about. It was at the cross, our judgment that we deserve is rolled back into the middle of history to fall on Jesus Christ. And our death becomes his death so that his life can become our life. Anybody want to have his life today? His life can become my life. Can you say, his life can become my life? Everybody say it. His life can become my life. As long as I make sure that my death becomes his death and I put it upon the cross of Christ, today I can walk out of this place knowing that his life has become my life. And his life was not short-lived. His, his life was not snuffed out at age 33, never to return upon the scene. No, his life was never cut short. His life was forever and eternal. In fact, Jesus Christ went to the grave for three days. But on that third Sunday, I want everybody to know, those people who visited that grave, they were shocked to see the stone rolled away. They were shocked to see that there was no body in there. Literally, no body, no corpse was there. There was only folded garments, the grave clothes of the one who had been there. And, and an angel sitting nearby said, hey, he is not here, for he is risen. And it is that, right, it is that risen Christ who is here with us in the sanctuary of the Most High God right now. I believe if you'll just invite him, he'll sit by you on the pew. He'll move right into your presence. Let's give him space today. That's what we've been trying to do ever since we got started in this service is give God space there's an eternity more to Easter than just another holiday. Now, I want to just share with you an examination of the word Easter. Everybody say Easter. And covers a single interesting revelation. We say Happy Easter. We throw it around. We don't really think about it. But I want you to know that it's meaning, I've done all the work for you, okay? You don't have to go to back to the etymology dictionaries. I've already done it. Its meaning can be traced back to the word dawn, D-A-W-N. It comes from 
Germanic and Latin and then through language etymology, it comes to English from words that point the attention to the direction of the sunrise that is east, Easter, dawn. Wow, okay. What happens at dawn? How many of you are awake to see dawn almost every day? Raise your hand. How many of you don't even know really what dawn looks like? How many of you don't want to learn about it? I'm fine not to know about what dawn's like. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, when it's cold and you're camping and you're out under the stars, you're dying for the sun to come up. I've been there before, and I mean, it's like, wow, thank God, when the sun starts to break the sky, a little bit of light's coming. I'm like, thank you, Lord. A new day. Awakening. The night subsides. The night fades. The sun comes out. Birds begin to sing. Roosters crow. Alarms go off. And along with all of that, you know what happens at dawn? Fear fades. The cold of night warms up. Unknowns and shadowy uncertainties lose their grip on the soul. It's the remarkable, amazing time when things wake up. This thought process brings with it a curious inquiry in my 55-year-old mind. So just bear with me, okay? Because I've never had this thought before in my entire life. But this week, praying and thinking about Easter, in my mind, I just started thinking about sleep. Sleep. And I just thought, isn't it remarkable that sleep is kind of like a voluntary coma? It's a function of life, absolutely necessary, absolutely needed to keep your health, to keep your vibrance. And, and scientists and doctors have found out without sleep, it can lead to health problems. So perhaps it's my age, but I've been a little alarmed lately at the similarity between sleep and death. I might, might just come with age. So if you're not yet 55, you have something really wonderful to look forward to starting to think crazy thoughts like that. Sleep and death for, here's the deal. I was thinking about this. When we're asleep, things happen without our knowledge. We become oblivious to our surroundings when we're asleep. Regardless of the necessity, it's a time of of oblivion and a time of ignorance. Perhaps maybe that is why the scripture utilizes the analogy of sleep as the condition of those who are spiritually out of touch and unaware. So, in a nutshell, I'm going to tell you here, this is the message idea I have to share on this Easter Sunday morning. It's an absolutely miraculous event when we wake up. (laughs) I'm just like, whoo, I'm not dead. I'm alive. Yeah, I was asleep. Thank God I wasn't dead. Talk about a contrast from death to life, streaming in the light of the eastern sky right into my bedroom. Praise God, another day has come. So if Easter is synonymous with the word dawn, the sunrise, a new day, 
Why would we not be interested this morning in diving directly into directly why we celebrate Easter? Can I just tell you this next few minutes is so exciting to me. I must share with you this, that when we celebrate Easter, we're not just celebrating this first Sunday after the vernal equinox. No, no, no. We're, we're celebrating the dawning of eternal and heavenly light that is streaming today, ready to awaken any soul that has not yet experienced the power and the transformation of the empty tomb. That's right, the empty tomb is the point of Easter. He is risen, and that is the dawning of the church age in which we live today. It is the dawning of a new day and a new opportunity and new life. It's the morning of a new day. Everybody say, it's the morning of a new day for my soul. My soul gets to wake up. My soul gets to smell the roses, right? My, my, my soul gets to wake up and start recognizing the world in a whole new dimension that I've never experienced it before. It is morning. We who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Does anybody here remember what it was like when you were still asleep in the sleep of the pre-knowledge of Christ, the sleep of ignorance and knowing who Jesus really is? And aren't you thankful that there came a day when someone shook you a little bit, and someone said, there's more to life. You don't have to sleepwalk through life. You can wake up, uh, and you can experience something incredible and something transformational and something that'll give you a whole new vocabulary and a whole new process of life. Here's what Isaiah 9 verse 2 says. Read it with me. On this big screen, it says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. That is Easter. That is the resurrection. That is your opportunity to say, it's wake up time. This is not intended to be for a culture or for a historical moment or for an event in the past. This is for you and I, this Easter Sunday morning, 2021. Can I please impress upon you right now that Jesus Christ allowed his himself to die so that he could be raised from the dead and his rising from the dead means that he took hold of death. He took hold of the the keys of the grave and he said, no longer do you have to be asleep and you no longer have to sleep the sleep of death because the light is shining from the east and we call it Easter in some vernacular. But today I'm saying, thank you, Lord, for a resurrection Sunday in my soul on this day. Praise God. Hallelujah. How am I doing so far? Does that make sense? I hope hope so. Upon Jesus' death, church, when he died on the cross, he already predicted that he wouldn't stay in the grave. He already predicted it was just going to be three days. And that's exactly what he did. When he rose from the dead, hallelujah, when he rose from the dead, he conquered death to which all humans were destined. And today, because of that first Easter That first resurrection Sunday, which, by the way, it was Sunday. Historically, 30 A.D., if you'd have been alive, I wouldn't want to be sitting in this land lot right here in 30 A.D. I don't know what it looked like, but in 30 A.D., Easter Sunday, I certainly would have wanted to be be around the vicinity of the garden where Jesus' tomb was. Because it was on that Easter Sunday morning 
that Jesus rose from the dead. Praise be to God for Easter. <laughs> Isaiah 50 verse 10. Let's, let's do a little bathing of our souls in some scriptures. Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. We don't have to live in darkness. Micah 7 says these words, Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, and sometimes we're going to fall no matter how good we are, no matter how holy we look, and no matter how long we call ourselves church people, but we've got to get a hold of a little scripture right here that I think is going to help you. We need to speak this over our circumstances today. When I fall, it doesn't say if I fall. It said, when I fall, I will arise. Come on. Anybody got that determination in your heart? Anybody got a little fire in your belly and say, when I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. He is my light. Hallelujah for the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He, he is our light today. Can I skip to Luke 1, 78? 78 verses in Luke 1. It's a long chapter. Luke 1, verse 78. Through the tender mercy of our God, which, with which the day spring from on high has visited us. Verse 79, would you read it in faith? To give light to those who sit in darkness. I feel it so strongly right now. There, this light is not physical light. It's spiritual light. It's not physical. It's spiritual. It's an awakening that happens, and it may not look like anything happened to you on the outside, at that moment. But at that moment, when you receive that light, there's a transformation that's going to become a part of your life, and it'll transform everything about you and make you a better son, a better wife, a better husband, a better daughter. It'll make you, in all, in all terms, it'll make you a better person. A be Do I have a witness from anybody who knows what it looks like when you walked from darkness to light, what God did and how God transformed you? He didn't make you arrogant. He didn't make you high-minded. No, he suddenly made you something. Someone who was really willing to tell everybody the glorious news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, and let's all read it together. I feel like the light is shining in this house so strongly. If you have enough faith in your heart to raise your hand, I believe you're going to feel a little light right up there in the sky where you raise your hand. Would you raise it and read it with me? To give light. Sing it. Read it. To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Does this world need to hear the glorious gospel of Easter? This world needs to hear resurrection preaching today. This here world needs to hear that the light of Jesus Christ is shining. That's what Easter is all about. Easter is about the light that shines in the eastern sky. When Jesus spoke to them in John 8, 12, I'm the light of the world, he said. Did you know Jesus said that? If you didn't, you can read it for yourself in John 8, 12. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me, everybody say follows, shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So what initiative do we need to take right here? Follow. What does follow mean? I have a very complicated definition.
definition for the word follow. Are you ready for this? Move behind someone in the same direction. So hard. When I, I was like, wow, that is so hard. I don't know. That went right over my head. Move behind someone in the same direction. Where is Jesus headed? What is Jesus doing? What is he loving? What is he caring for? What is his example? What has he set for us to do? What pathway has he created for us to follow? Oh, it's a beautiful pathway, church. It's a beautiful pathway, friends. It's a beautiful pathway. It's so clearly laid out. I want to tell you, can I just put it in a quick little nutshell? That he basically, right before he ascended into heaven, right before he ascended into heaven, about 40 days after the resurrection, right before he ascended. So there was the resurrection, yes, and he walked around for 40 days in his resurrected body. But the 40th day, he was standing on the edge of town, and he said words along these lines. He said, you should preach my name, Jesus' name. You should preach repentance in my name and remission of sins. Not many days hence, you're going to be endued with power from on high. So tarry, hang out, wait in the city of Jerusalem until it happens. And then, boom, Jesus elevated himself off of the planet and disappeared on a cloud. And the last words ringing in their ears were, we've got prayer to do. We've got to connect with this promise that he just made. And we know there are marching orders because there's going to be a job for us to do. Once we have received that power, we must be witnesses unto him. And that power came, sure enough, on the day of Pentecost. And isn't it beautiful on the day of Pentecost that there was a clear mandate given. Sure enough, Jesus Christ went to be in his heavenly abode, but he didn't stay there. He came back in the form of the wind. There came a sound on that 50th day after Passover. 50th day after Jesus died. That 50th day, (laughs) the sound came from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind. And all those who had been watching him elevate off of the planet, they, they, they heard the sound of the wind. And the Bible says the wind filled the house they were, where they were sitting. And the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they made so much noise, their neighbors wondered what was happening. And their neighbors wondered what in the world was, was going on in this noisy upper room in Jerusalem. Well, lucky for them, there was a spokesman ready to clarify exactly what was going on. Peter said, hey, you all, you remember just, a, just about 50 days ago you hung Jesus on a cross? Oh, not me. No, me. Oh, yeah, that was me. I still have a little blood under my fingernails. I was right there. Well, he said, you know who you hung? You hung up the Messiah. Well, that blew their minds. And they recognized in that moment that they had indeed been a part of a heinous act of cruel murder. And they had truly hung Jesus Christ on the cross. 
But the good news was they said, hey, what shall we do to be saved? Help us get out of this dilemma. And Peter said, I've got a way for you to join us in this resurrection celebration that we're having right now because the Spirit of God is truly here bringing light into this place. We've all been filled with the Spirit. We began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave us utterance. You want to know how it can happen to you? He said it in verse number 38 of chapter 2 of the book of Acts. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you will see that Easter light shining on you. You will receive that resurrection power. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That Holy Ghost is not just meant for 30 AD. It's not just meant for the first century. But can I tell you that Holy Ghost is for the 21st century and beyond. The Holy Ghost experience is your momentary day by day right now, Easter. And you don't have to wait for tomorrow. You don't have to wait until you get older. You don't have to wait until the time is right. Today, the time is right. And I beg of everyone to say, God, help me to follow Wow, you're looking at me and saying, wow, he got all that out of verse number 12 of chapter 8 of John? That was quite a few sentences and breaths. Jesus said, he who follows me. We've got to follow him all the way to Pentecost. The day of Pentecost. I'm glad that it didn't all end with the raising of Jesus from the dead. Oh, no, no, no. If that had been all there was to it, we wouldn't be sitting here today. There was a plan for light to come shining upon all of humanity in the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God that we feel in this house. Wow, does somebody feel that, that special power? It was like an energy in the room when the singers were singing today. That's the power of the light of the gospel. It may not be visible through our human ability to see, but it's something you can feel in your spirit. Praise God for the light. I want to tell everybody that initiative is necessary that we follow, be, move behind someone in the same direction. Jesus said, if you follow me, you will not walk in darkness, but you'll have the light of life. So let's get in step with Jesus right now. And here's a little hint. When we get in step with Jesus, we ourselves become a shining light of awakening to those around us. And we're not satisfied for them not to be awake as well. Almost finished. Let's conclude this message as we roll down towards some closing verses. John 12, verse 46. Jesus said these words, I have come as a light into the world. Thank you, Lord. We don't have to live in darkness and we don't have to be asleep. He said, I've come that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Oh, thank you, Lord. I feel like in my spirit, there's somebody here that's catching what I'm saying and they're like, you know what? I have been, I have been ready for more. Something about this COVID-19 pandemic has awakened in me a hunger for more. And, and this, the, the worry and the fear of the world around me and the anxiety and the depression has created in me a desire to know that there is really a God who is in charge and he really is superseding and transcending all of these things around us. You've come to the right place on this Easter Sunday morning. You're in the right place. The scripture says, if you believe on me, you will not abide in darkness. The Lord God Almighty was, was able to take out all the virus of death, which is much more heinous and fearful than any flu or COVID-19 virus. I thank you, Lord, for that. So we must believe he is, 
and believe that he has risen from the dead. And there should be no equivocation, folks, or faltering about this fact that he is risen. I like what a German theologian said. His name was Wolfhart Pannenberg. Listen to his words. He said, The evidence for Jesus' resurrection is so strong that nobody would question it except for two things. First, it is a very unusual event. And second, if you believe it happened, you have to change the way you live. Woo! None of us get out of here without change. And it's a good change. As a matter of fact, a radical improvement. That's what God has in store for you and for me. Can I show you what it looks like in 1 John 1, 7? If we walk, oh, come on now, somebody. If we walk, we got Jesus ahead of us. We're falling in line behind him, filled with his glorious spirit in obedience to his wonderful promise that we must be filled with the spirit of God. But In order to see him or see his kingdom, we must be born again. So we walk right behind him. And look at this. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son. Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. There's no better way to walk, no better way to live than to walk in the light. I'm asking you right now today, are you walking in the light? See, when we walk in the light, we have a bridge. We have a net that's been mended. Lines of communication and love, partnership and compassion are, in, are intact. And, and no one's lonely. No one's lost. No one's hurting. By God's grace, we must all walk in the light. We must all wake up. Easter is for you here. Easter is for you now. Can I tell you the risen Savior is here? He's alive. He's greater than ever in my soul this morning. His unchanging and unfailing love awaits all who are ready to activate the Easter promise of this message. Praise God. I'm going to just tell you the King of kings and the Lord of lords is in this house today and he is simply watching and waiting for anyone and everyone who would be willing to call him their king. Who would be willing to call him their king. I want, to, I want him to be the king of my heart, the king of my life. Why do I say that? It's because there is really only one room for one ruler and one principle in my life, and one leader in my life, one true north. How many true norths are there? How hard would it be to navigate if there were like three true norths? How would you like to go on a hike and you're, you got like three true norths to pick from? We would all be lost. But there's only one king. Can I tell you the king of kings, the Lord of lords, is asking for you to let him be the light in your life today? Can I brag on him just a minute and tell you? He's the king of the Jews. Uh, he's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven and he's the king of glory. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I tell you, that's my king this morning. I wonder, do you know him? Is his light shining on you? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's morally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? Is his light shining on you today? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. 
the greatest phenomenon that's ever risen in the East. Thank you for being my king. Let's all stand together. I want you to stand and let's together as get, let's get ready for the, for the concluding prayer in this service today because somebody I believe is ready to just cross into the line of God's true kingship in your life. He's the greatest phenomenon. I want you to know right now what I'm preaching right now, what I'm teaching right now, this is not about my own personal vendetta or a personal ad- agenda. This has everything to do with the God of the universe. He's God's son. He's the center savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. (laughs) He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. And he's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. And I wonder, is his light shining on you today? Do you know the king of glory? Do you know why he came 2,000 years ago and why it's important today? It's because the sleep of death can't be broken any other way but by the light of the resurrection. And it's a personal event. John 3.19 tells us the flip side. John 3.19 tells us this is the condemnation. Light has come into the world. Hope. But men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, doesn't come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. I believe the Lord is asking us to awaken today and let the light shine. In fact, in my heart of hearts, I don't think you would be here today if you're running from light, if you're running from God's light. I believe everyone in this house today is someone who's saying, I am ready to be awake in the gospel of Jesus Christ, awake to righteousness. I, I, I just think we've got to quickly look at 1 Corinthians 15, 34 in, in the message. Kate, would you just let me kind of get a little informal with the language of the scripture right here? This is a paraphrase. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 15, 34. I'm almost finished. Think straight. Awaken to the holiness of life. No more playing fast and loose with resurrection facts. Ignorance of God is a luxury you can't afford in times like these. Aren't you embarrassed if you've let this kind of thing go on as long as you have? doubting the truth of Easter, doubting the truth of the resurrection, I want to tell you, it's time to say, darkness, be gone. I'm ready to step into the light. I'm ready to step into the glorious light of God's kingdom. I'm ready to step into the place God has in mind for me. I know that God has a better life and a better future than I could have ever imagined. Someone in this house right now is sick and tired of living in a place of darkness and a place of uncertainty and a place of sadness and loneliness. Can I tell you, you've come to the right place I want the congregation who prays who knows how to touch God to join me right now and let's pray together for a resurrection Christ to shine the dawning of a new and a changed life in this sanctuary today can I invite you to bow your heads together as a family so thankful for the presence of God we dim the lights just a moment so that you can begin to focus with us on the Holy Ghost Focus on God. No one's watching. 
No one's analyzing or judging. It's just a relationship between you and him we're trying to facilitate right now. Hallelujah. Easter is my dawn. Easter is the morning of my soul. I'm going to read along with Isaiah 60 and verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Wow. That's a prophecy made 600 years before Jesus' resurrection. And sure enough, Gentiles are still coming to the light and the brightness of his rising. He's a risen Savior today. He's a risen Lord today. Now, can I just get you to close your eyes and get in your own little world with Jesus right now? And I want you to invite him in and to ask him to begin shining the light on the dark corners, the nooks and the crannies, the hidden places in your life that you hope maybe no one would ever know about. Would you join me right now and let's together pray a prayer that says, God, let the brightness of your rising not just be a holiday, not just be an Easter calendar item, U.S. holiday calendar. No, Lord, let the brightness of your rising be an experience today. And I tell you again, all we do is have faith to get in step and follow Jesus Christ. 